Hi, this is Kirk Reed. Bear with me as we need a little compliance disclosure. In our practice, we give financial advice to our clients. We know their financial situation in detail before doing so. That's generally not the case with callers we speak with on the show. We can't give truly meaningful financial advice because we don't know the detailed financial situation of the caller. After all, we just met. Any suggestions we make to callers are generic in nature and meant to steer a caller in the right direction. Callers should check with their own financial professionals before implementing any suggestions that we may make. At times on this show, we talk about investments and investment performance. Investment returns are not guaranteed, and past performance does not guarantee future results. My name is Mike McNamara. This is McNamara on Money, and we're having some fun today talking about a relatively depressing subject, but hopefully <laughs> enlightening the audience about how this works and what you do about it. And the short story is when it comes to uh, having some elderly folks that might be in your family need some help at home or in a nursing home, you got to take care of it yourself because nobody else is going to help you, which is why we're doing the show today, folks. My, my guest this morning, Patrick Flaherty and Matt Miratori. And again, why don't you, both of you take another minute or two to introduce yourselves in case anybody just tuned in here for the last hour. So, Matt, you're at first this time because we're going right to those homes. Sure. Okay. Again, thanks for having us on. I'm Matt Miratori. I'm a licensed nursing home administrator. I've been licensed since 1991 in the Commonwealth. Started working in nursing homes in 1977. My very first job All right. was a dishwasher in a nursing home wow. in Rockland. All right. And I loved it so much that I stayed in the industry for all these years. <laughs> but you don't wash dishes anymore. Don't wash dishes. Right. Right. My favorite job, though. Yeah. Cool. All righty. All right. And Pat, Patrick, how about yourself? Yeah. Hi, I'm Patrick Flaherty, and I met Matt through starting my home care company in Plymouth, Guided Living Senior Home Care. So we've been helping take care of folks in home since 2014 in the Plymouth area. And ever since meeting Matt and our other business partner, Bob Eisenstein, back in 2018, we started this company that we're going to talk about the industry of nursing homes now. Since then, it's just been a really wonderful great experience working together. All right, so Guided Living Senior Home Care and EF Senior Care. Correct. Those are the two businesses. Correct. Okay. By the way, make sure at the very end of the show I have you guys give out your phone numbers here just sure. to make sure. Okay. And I think what I'll try to do, we'll see if we can grab a caller or two here in the next hour or so. So folks, the subject for the first half hour, if you missed the show, was getting help at home. And let's face it, anybody who needs some kind of help but would prefer to stay at home as opposed to go to some other places. But now we're going to definitely Con too, and basically the care at home, which is I think usually where it starts for most people, and then segues into a facility. But basically, there there are folks who are going to end up in some kind of facility with some kind of care in place because that's just how it is as we get older. For a whole lot of folks listening to this, and that's the subject of the this particular hour. And uh, so we're going to talk about nursing home facilities. I'm going to try to do a call or two here. So folks, so we're broadcasting live from our Marshfield studio today. And so if you're in the Merrimack Valley, I'm sorry about that, you WCAP listeners, but maybe we can get some callers from Marshfield who would ask the same questions that folks from the Lowell area would do. So 781-837-4900. That's our phone number. And if you have a question about care in nursing homes and or at home, this is your special day. So once again, 781-837-4900. As they say, the only dumb question is the one that you don't ask. Okay, Matt, where do you want to start here? I'm I guess my guess my first comment would be my guess is 
oh, that the continuum is that most folks need some help at home and maybe at some point that gets to be too much for a variety of reasons and need to end up in a facility for that care. Is that the usual process? Yeah, I, think, I think going back to the earlier point that we made is yeah. we, we, the goal that we're trying to do as partners in this industry is trying to get people to start planning ahead of time because the usual course of business happens this way. Um, you, get a, you get an event that hospitalizes you whether you fell and you broke a hip, you have a stroke, something. And it doesn't have to be somebody in their 80s and 90s. You could be yeah. in your 50s and 60s, and this happens, and yeah. this happens all the time. And you go to the hospital, and you need, the hospital does what they need to do, whether they do surgeries or whatever, and you're there. And you're there for a few days. Usually in hospitals, you don't last in hospitals that long anymore. And that's when the, the skilled nursing centers, the nursing homes, come into play. More than 50% of folks that go to nursing homes now are there short-term. They go for rehab. Okay. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So okay. people are surprised about that. And that's why we try to get away from the word nursing home. Yeah, I was going to say. Air yeah. quotes. Yeah. It's really, it's really long-term care services, short-term care services. And people now really hear, oh, and when the calls we get are like this, oh, my, my dad's been in the hospital. He broke his hip, but he needs short-term rehab. Where can he go? And so we talk about the local areas who has a good rehab and things like that. And they're, but they're nursing homes. They're licensed as nursing homes and have been licensed as nursing homes since the 50s and 60s. The same. But they've changed. So all rehab centers are not nursing homes or they are? Or? There are there, in this area, there are two actual um, rehab centers, true no. licensed rehab centers. That's not, the one in Sandwich okay. and the yeah. one up in, in Braintree. Okay. In this area, in Spalding and places like that. And they do both sides? They do no, they, they just do rehab. Just they're do licensed rehab. as rehab. Okay. All nursing homes, which are mostly there's about 350 nursing homes in the Commonwealth, yeah. would push them to do short-term rehab. I, that's the first time. Yeah. That. So that's people, so 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 people should not be afraid of that fact. Yeah. That, oh yeah. wait a minute, I'm going to go to say Life Care or Center of Plymouth. That's okay. That they do good rehab. So I'm going there for rehab. Ah. And the goal of the of these places is to get you home. Most people that that run nursing homes, that own nursing homes, operate. They would rather have you come in a short term and then send you home to a place like Guided Living yeah. for some home care. Yeah. That's the goal is to get everyone home. Okay. But sometimes you say you have a stroke and so you the hospital does what they need to do. Then you get sent to, to a nursing facility for, short, for some rehab. They do rehab that's covered by Medicare. In most cases, if you have Medicare. Yep, yep. Um, that's medical, that's, not custodial. Yeah, that'll be medical yeah. and they'll cover the first 20 days up to 100 days. Not totally 100 days. Most of the time, you don't get up to you don't get 100 days, but it can cover up to 120 days with some coinsurance after the 21st day. Okay. But uh, but they would go there and they would try to give you some rehab to, with the goal of going home. Now, in most cases, I'd say probably over 50 percent, 60 percent, people end up going home. They do go home. Now, for how long, how long they can last, yeah. that's a whole different story. That's where home care comes in, whether it's certified home care at first and then to, to a private home care. But that's the goal that everyone has is try to get somebody try to get somebody home. Now, if you need to then, if it's determined at that point that, look, at had a stroke, not able to walk, not able to care for yourself, they don't have the resources actually to go home long term with, with home care, then they would stay long term. But the goal, I think, of the majority of the people in this industry want people to actually to go home and get the services at home. If you're in that hospital and you have your stroke and you need to go someplace, does the hospital, who says you can go to these guys, you can go to those guys? Yeah. Who gets to Yeah, so every that? hospital has discharge planners <clears throat> and okay. their social workers, their nurses, and <clears throat> mostly social workers who know the industry, who know the, their area <clears throat> okay. and know them well. Okay. And uh, they'll recommend places okay. by regulation. They need to recommend at least three places for them. Okay. But 
but it's up to it's up to that patient, that resident, or the family member if they're in charge yeah. to actually make the final determination of where they go. So how do you get on that list at South Shore Hospital or Plymouth? How's that? Uh, they actually know, and a lot of it before COVID was we would have nurses or social workers admission people go into the hospital's market, so they actually know who yeah, the okay. players so, are. So it's aware. advantageous for the hospitals to know yeah. who the players are yeah. because the hospitals make money when they have people in and out. Yeah. They don't make money when people stay long. Okay, yeah, okay. That's yeah, so their incentive okay. is to get them to rehab centers. So yeah. they want to know who the rehab centers are, who will take people and take care of them. And there's probably more demand than supply in that area anyway, so it's nice yeah, well, a bunch of different... Uh, now now what happened with, so we're post-COVID somewhat, the problem is that the, there's a lack of nurses in the country. And because of the lack of nurses, there are several nursing homes that have had to shut down units, Whoa. close admissions. Whoa. So what's happening is the uh, these patients are backing up in the hospitals. They don't really need Whoa. to be there in the hospital oh. anymore. They're not oh. getting paid to oh. be in. The hospitals aren't getting paid for them anymore. <clears throat> so it's really a, it's a level of crisis that we've never seen in this country before Whoa. when it comes to health care. Whoa. It, did uh, it blow your mind? It did. I guess it's, we're lucky we live in Massachusetts, which is like a healthcare education capital. Basically. It is, would, but it's still difficult no with, with nurses to, wow. yeah, yeah, it still makes it difficult. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. Okay, so where do people get started with you folks? How, all right, so they get their, how's that work? Yeah, the one part we didn't talk about is assisted living too. Yeah. Assisted living is, is a big player in all this as well. Yeah. And But that's for people that can afford it. If you can afford assisted living, which I don't know, runs maybe six to 8,000 a month, depending if you need memory care, it's probably more. Yeah. It's 95, 96% of it's all private pay. And if you can afford that, that's probably a better option if you can't be home. Yeah. If you can't go home. It's the middle there. of the two it's choices. In the middle there. And you yeah. can get home services and assisted living as well. Yeah. The assisted living will provide some level of service for you. Okay. It's not nursing home level of care because yep. you still have to be somewhat independent and yep. you, they can guide you into doing things. Yep. But you can also have more services like guided living coming in and actually have homes, additional home service in the assisted living as well. So it still gives people a sense of independent yeah. Yeah. If, per se, but they still yeah. need some, some more services, some more guidance, some more eyes on them. Yeah, I have a place in Fort Myers that's currently being rehabilitated. But anyway, oh, were you on the water? Uh, no, I'm four and a half miles from. Oh, wow! Uh, that didn't uh, make a difference. But my point is that there's a large community down there called Shell Point. Oh, sure. Have you ever yeah. heard? Yeah. And it's literally you can buy a very nice ranch on a canal and take mm-hmm. care of yourself. And mm-hmm. there are like seven different places and stages and things you can go, and you never left the golf course. Depending on, what, I mean, it's, so those are yeah. There, there's uh, wow, there's a whole lot of different ways to yeah. to do it. Cal- California has been doing this for a long time with the continuing care retirement communities, the CCRCs that you talked about earlier. Really? Yeah. They've been doing that for years. I worked for a company out of Kingston, actually, and used to travel out to California once a month for three years. Yeah. And I got to see how it actually works out there. Yeah. And as you talked about, there's communities where they have independent, where they have, then they have a little bit of assisted living and they have some nursing care as well, some nursing yeah. home care as yeah. well. And it like works Like an a la carte well. menu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it's funny, the biggest portions are more the independent living and then it goes down to a little bit of assisted living and then very little bit of nursing care. Yeah, yeah. Because again, the belief is you want to try to keep people in there where they're living. Yeah. Where, yeah wherever that yeah. living center is, that's where you want to keep them as long as they possibly can. So okay. for somebody to go to long-term care, typical long-term care that needs it for, for the rest of their time, you don't see that as much anymore, of people doing that. Because really? there's not that much of a need to do that. Okay. Because there's so many more options yeah, than there were 20 options. years ago. Yeah, in the middle there. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you folks 
own one home and manage a couple. Are you allowed to say the name of the one you own locally or not? I don't, you, no, yeah, we, the, the not, one not necessary. Yeah, no, we have one on the Cape. Okay. It's called uh, the Terraces at Orleans, oh. which is a little bit different. It's a private pay facility. There are only seven out of 350 nursing homes in Massachusetts that are private pay. That's one of them. Okay. It's a small place. It's yeah. 30, 33 beds. Yeah. Okay. But it also has independent living. We have 19 partners at independent living. Okay. So it's a smaller version of yeah. that CCRC. All right. So you folks are in this business and oh, you're yeah. small yeah. players. Yeah. So. We, we've been consulting yeah. since 2018 into well over 150 nursing homes, just yeah. the livings in the Commonwealth. Okay. So we've seen a lot. We've been involved. My other part, our other partner, Bob Eidenstein, has been a licensed a nursing home minister as long as I have been, a licensed social worker. So we've been running assisted livings as well. So we've seen how companies have been operating. Yeah, what makes you guys different? How are you going to make this? Yeah. And what we said, we want to do something different. We want to be the people that take care of these people that come into these places. We want to say, okay, we'll take care of you. And we'll take care of the employees that actually are going to take care of you as well. And then the financial part will come. Yeah. We believe in that. And what's happened over the last couple of decades is companies have come in, mostly from out of state. And what they do is they're looking at the bottom line. How do we make money? And then they make decisions on the care and on what they're paying the employees and the benefits and all that. They look at the bottom line first. We believe, because we've seen this over our careers, that when you care for the resident and you take care of the employees, the finances will come because people will want to come to you. The care of the service you provide are going to be top-notch. And that's what's important to people. It's not the bottom line, the money, because that will come. Yeah, that's interesting. That's the way you should run any business, basically. Uh, I think think so. And we've been very (laughs) successful at that. Yeah, cool. Cool. So so do you guys have... Grander plans? You're going to keep it small, or yeah, we, just you know, we, we've got a couple of places that we're, that we're managing. We'd like to maybe get some more places to manage and yeah. some more homes to to own and operate as well over the next several years. Yeah. But we're doing it small. We're doing it the right way. We want to make sure we're taking places that we have see as a potential to grow. Yeah, and not places that could be close. We actually recently recommended that to to a client that probably should close the place. Yeah, we're not going to we're not going to buy it. It probably should be closed. <clears throat> wow. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I appreciate that. The, if you take care of your employees, take care of your clients, and everything generally works out if you don't have to replace exactly your employees right. every week. And if exactly your clients right. Yeah. As Patrick talked yeah, earlier, cool. consistency is what's important yeah. in home care. Yeah. It's what's important in assisted living. It's yeah. what's important in skilled nursing centers. Okay. Yeah, having that consistent staff member on with that resident, that patient, yeah. is so crucial to their thriving. Yeah. If you, if every day that, think of yourself sitting in there, if you're at a nursing facility, think of yourself sitting there, and every day, you have a new person to come in yeah. that's taking care of you. How does that yeah. make you feel? People Doesn't hate make change in home. general. And, it, and again, these places are for to make you feel at home. Even yeah. if you're in a nursing facility, yeah. that's your home. Yeah. That room yeah. is your home. You should make it yeah. feel like your home. Yeah. So you should know the people that are coming in all the time. So yeah. if you lessen your turnover and have the same consistency, it goes a lot better. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In the financial world, I'm sure it's the same yeah. in any world. People hire financial and the primary reason is because they trust them. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That, that yeah. applies to any business. It's all about trust. Yeah, yeah, it's it really all about is. that trust. Okay. And think about it. The, the, probably one of the most difficult decisions somebody needs to make yeah. is put their loved one in a nursing facility. Yeah. Okay. Now, if it's for short-term rehab, okay, okay they, can, they, can, they can gather that. They can do that. But if, it's, if they're at home, but now they've got to go into long-term care. Yeah. That's the hardest decision somebody's yeah. got to make because yeah. you've got to believe that parent, and maybe they have memory issues, has always said, don't ever put me in a nursing home. Yeah. Who wants to go there? <clears throat> Nobody yep. wants to go yep. there. Yep. Yep. Okay. But sometimes you have to. All right. So for potential folks that you talk with, by the way, what questions, 
should family members who are worrying about somebody that's got to go into it, so what, how should they approach this? What kind of well, Patrick alluded to this earlier. For nursing facilities, there is a star rating. And you can find a star rating on any nursing home in the country. Okay. It's through the Center for Medicare Services, CMS. Not Facebook and alike. Yes. No, <laughs> Good. no but I think the star rating is, a, is probably the better way to go. Yeah, but it's, sure. But it's also a little deceiving sometimes. Well, yeah, yeah, but it's a start. It's a start. It's a start. Yeah. And you can see comments. I think, I think obviously the people that need nursing care are in their own community. Okay. So they, they know people who've been there yeah. and all that. Okay. But they should call people. Suzanne. Yeah. A geriatric case manager. Sure. They should contact people like us. I can't tell you. At least one or two calls a week I get from yeah. people in the community. Yeah. Because I'm a state rep, but they also know that I'm involved in long-term yeah. care. Yeah. We'll call and say, hey, we need some help you on getting started. You would hope it community-based. The yeah, lowest exactly. level is community-based. Always- so you get to know. Yeah. And over okay. the years, I ran a place in Plymouth, one of the largest nursing homes. It also had pediatric care as well as adult day care in Plymouth. I ran it for probably about 12 years. But when I took it over for this company, I was working for a company radius management services at the time when i took it over in 20 2003 it had the worst reputation they were in the newspaper they had some issues that happened it was the worst reputation in plymouth and it took about five or six years when we became the number one facility in the area and where the hospital was actually then referring to us exclusively compared to other places in the area your reputation's all what you want and that's what it's and that's what it, and that's what it's all it's about all that's what it's all about but it's now but it's all changed it's yeah. all changed now yeah. now other places so what could be happening now that say okay this is the best facility to go to five years ago may not be the may not be the best yeah. for whatever reasons yeah yeah just one thing to throw in about when you're trying to figure out where to go ask to talk to the administrator that's yeah. the role that Matt had yeah. when he had that turnaround story. Yeah. I think one of the, there's data on this too, but the tenure, how long the licensed nursing ah, home administrator has okay. been in their seat yeah. is a direct correlation to the level of care in a building. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you're going somewhere, ask for yeah. a phone call, yeah. ask for a 10 minute call and just see yeah. the vibe you get. It, yeah. makes, it, yeah. it really trickles down to the whole building that administrators approach. And then particularly if you're coming from a home situation to a long-term care facility, to a nursing home, yeah. um, okay. that's definitely, you want to do that. If you're in a hospital, sometimes it's a little bit harder because they're trying to get you out as soon as possible. Yeah. But you need to push back on this on the social workers at the hospital discharge plans. Let me what three places you reckon? Let me tour them. And go and tour them. Yeah. I wouldn't I would I always suggest to people don't make appointments. Don't call them and tell them you're coming to look. Yeah. Just go in. Yeah. Okay. Tell them, hey, I'm here. I want to tour the facility. Yeah. And just get a, you can get a sense by walking through. And two, 10 minutes walking through, yeah. you can get a sense on the smell or how, what the atmosphere is like with the staff and what's the communication like by just walking through. So would you say most of your folks that come are referrals from local sources? and lo- lo- Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You, you would yeah. like to think it would work that way, Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. Or it's a family member that yeah. lives far away. A son or a daughter lives far away. Yeah. But the, the, the mom and dad live in the local community. Okay. And you're working with them to try to get them a better place. Oh, yeah. I have a, an inherent bias against large business for a variety of reasons. I'll share that with my audience here. But if you're small, you can do things that just big businesses can't. Yeah. And there's a certain size beyond which I think a sh- company shouldn't grow because you just kind of lose your touch. Yeah, they become yeah. cookie cutters in a way. Yeah. yeah. Worried about the bottom line yeah. and, and yeah. shareholders yeah. and a bunch of other yeah. things. Yeah. 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 Uh, they don't have. But it doesn't mean that, that there's not a lot of good ones of those out there, too, because it goes back to what Patrick had said earlier about yeah. it's all the local management who's running those, yeah. even if yeah. they're a national change, yeah. chain. And I'll say about life care. Life care is a national chain. Yeah. And we have a great nursing facility in Plymouth, and I think the one in West Bridgewater they have as well. Yeah. It's because the local people that are running it yeah. are running it really well. Yeah, okay, okay. Is there much recognition on the government? How are these... 
regulated? If or how's that how's that work or not? Oh, there's a lot of regulations. Okay. We could talk about that after the after oh, okay. the commercial break. Is that mater- or after the break? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, he's playing the music. I didn't even hear that. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. In that case, folks, don't go away. We'll be right back. This is Mike McNamara. If you're looking for a financial advisor, start by asking him or her three questions. Number one, are you a certified financial planner practitioner? Number two, are you legally held to a fiduciary standard of care for your clients? And number three, do you only give financial advice and not sell investment products? These are all simple yes-no questions. If he or she doesn't answer yes quickly and starts talking, that's a no, and it's time to move on to another advisor. We're back. My name is Mike McNamara. You're listening to McNamara on Money, and today's subject is all about long-term care, whether it's at home, in some kind of intermediate facility, or in a nursing home for the long term. And my guests are Patrick Flaherty and Matt Miratori. They own a variety of businesses that cover that spectrum. And if you're just tuning in, the first hour of the show was on the at-home side. How does that all work? And the last hour, including the next half hour, is in the facility side here. Matt, as we said earlier, you pick where you want to go from here. I want to make sure we cover everything. Yeah, before the break, we started to talk about regulations. And I think that's a good... that's a good segue. Um, so at-home care is the Wild West, but in yep. the nursing homes are regulated to death. Is that yeah, probably at one point, I know it was it was a, as well-regulated as the mining industry. <laughs> and it, it is still, it's still up there. It's probably one of the top five most regulated really? industries. And, and you could argue one way or another whether it's good or bad, but I think it's good because yeah. you're it's people taking care of people. Yeah. And you, you want to make sure it's being done in the right way. And, and in fairness, very little incidents happening that happen in long-term care where people People fall and maybe you hear break a hip and they die or something of it. But those are the ones you hear about the most. But the majority well, you can note of that bad news. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. That gets sensationalized. <laughs> yeah. But the majority of the people that are cared for in nursing homes are cared for by the, some of the most compassionate people that oh, yeah. that there are. You got to be a certain kind of person a- to do that. It's, Whoa. They're not making hundreds yeah. of thousands of dollars yeah. doing this, but they're yeah. very compassionate people caring for people that need the care. Yeah. And but the regulations are between from, from the federal government to the state government are the most regulated. There is a annual survey that is done by the Department of Public Health that happens this on. Is federal is that correct? it's no, actually state it's actually state, state that state. does it okay got it. there's federal dollars that come into it that okay. oversee the state to be sure that they're doing these surveys okay so there are federal and state regulations that you have to follow and the state comes in and survey as they come in and they actually overdo the annual surveys and so they're done um i think they come every they have to come every by regulation every i think it's 14 months they have to come so usually every around every annual every year you usually see a survey team come in it's unannounced they walk into the facility and people usually know when they're coming because oh it's 12 months they haven't been here yet oh it's the 13th month oh it's the 14th month they have to be here by this date so we know they're coming but when you see people getting out of people that are dressed up nicely and getting out of their cars at, at 8 30 or 9 o'clock in the morning with, in a, your briefcase, nursing home park that, yeah, with right. a briefcase and <laughs> computers and walking okay the state's here the announcements go off i'll speak uh, welcome to the department of public health and depending on the size of the facility because some facilities as i said ours is 33 beds you have other places that are 120 to 200 to 300 beds they could be there for a week give or take we're here uh, from the government we're here to help you yeah that's not so much the case what they're here to do is to see what you're doing wrong yeah and they go through i forget how many regulations are there are a few hundred regulations oh, that are follow yeah and they go through and they observe and they go through records and they come up with items at the very end that says okay these are the things we think you're not doing so well and you have to create what's called a plan of correct so once a, once they go back to their office in boston and they put it all together they send you what's called a 2567 with all the things that you did wrong 
wrong. Everyone, every t- there's a tag on each one that tell you specifically what they found and what happened. They don't tell you how to correct it. That's up to you to correct that. So then you make the corrections, you send it in, and then when you send it in to them, you wait for them to say, okay, is this plan accepted? Do you accept that this is the way we're going to do it? And you make the corrections. So I think it's a good thing, and any facility that's running well will make sure that they're on top of those regulations all the time. But as I said, there's a few hundred, so it's difficult. So if you have systems and you create a, if you have systems and you create a culture of that, because it's all about caring for the resident. Yeah. All those regulations about giving the best care for the residents. And if you, but you have that system and culture in place and you're following that, then your outcome should be pretty good by the time the survey team comes yeah. in. Yeah, that sounds like the Securities and Exchange Commission in my business. Yeah, right, yeah, right. Same yeah. deal. Yeah. Okay. Do the right thing. Yeah, yeah. do the right okay. thing. Yeah, okay. yeah. So that's yeah. a good, let me guess, they don't have a rating system you can check out at the state level. That says these guys there, are, is a, there is a numbering system that you can check. A lot of people don't realize this or don't know it, but it's the most you can get is 132 of a score. Okay. That's the highest. Okay. It's something we, I know we've, we always check to see where yeah. the nurse scouts are rated in Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah, and I okay. forget how they come up with a score, but yeah. I think the average score in Massachusetts is like at 120. I think it's 120, 122, something like that. Yeah. Okay. But if you get to, to 110, 150, that, that's good. But when you start getting below that, below 100, yeah, okay. then yeah. you're, in a, you're in a dangerous area, according to the Department of Public Health. And uh, we've had a number of facilities close over the last few years, even before COVID, because they haven't been able to, they just haven't been able to make it. Okay, so they okay, so they at a certain point their government says you're you're done. They can't really come in and say that, but they but, can make things so difficult yeah. that you could be fined if you if, these, if you're the tags that we call that you get on wow. survey are wow. that bad? Wow, because they rate them by letters. If you get like a J tag yeah. or a G tag, there's fines associated. The H tag, this there are fines associated, and wow. they're daily fines. Okay, and they add up quickly. There's places that have had paid tens of thousands of dollars because of an annual survey, hundreds of thousands of dollars, because they've had some issues on survey, and it takes a while. It takes several weeks before you can actually get out of it, sometimes several months. And those daily fines add up. They could be somewhere from $500 a day to $10,000 a day in fines. Okay, okay. How about private pay versus public pay? Yeah, it's... As Would I you say, weigh in with your biases on that, please? Being in yeah. the pay industry. Well, yeah. we have, this is for our listening audience, yeah. folks. As I said, there's only seven private, all private paid nursing facilities in Massachusetts. Okay. The, a little bit less. I think I said before, they're yeah. usually in nursing homes, the average private pay is like 12000 a month. Yeah, and folks, private way, pay is a little less. Yeah. Folks, by the way, a public pay is basically a Medicaid situation. That's correct. And we'll get yeah. to that in a few moments. That's what I'm going to talk about yeah. right now. Yeah, so good. private okay. pay is probably, in the majority of nursing facilities, it's probably less than 10% okay. of, of people that are residing in nursing homes. Okay. In Massachusetts yeah, long-term across the country? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think across the across country, country, but okay. in Massachusetts, yeah. yeah, but across the country, okay. less than 10%. Okay. Because finding people are smart enough to go to financial planners yeah. and they and have to, the money. See, and to see how to, yeah. where to move the money, how to secure it, et cetera. Yeah. So they've learned that over the years. So that's why that, that has gone down and down. So I'd say it's already less than 10%, maybe oh. 7 8%. Okay. Then there's Medicare. As I talked about earlier, where people are coming from the hospitals, if you're in a hospital for three midnights, you're admitted to a hospital at least three midnights, your Medicare will access in your long in your nursing homes, your long-term care. Okay. So Medicare will access, okay? So that's probably another 15% of what all nursing homes on average, I'm saying, I'll get paid through Medicare. Okay. There is a small percentage. And, and maybe, that's on the medical that's, side, basically. It's Medicare for the medical services. It's just whether yeah, it's yeah, rehab yeah. or whatever medical issue we have. Got it. We'll cover that. Got it. Up to 20, 20 days in full. 
And then starting day 21, it's a certain it's a certain amount plus your backup insurance will cover the rest up to 100 days. Okay. And then after that, okay, so say you need to stay long term at a facility, at a nursing facility. Then it's either if you don't have long term care insurance, it's private pay. If you don't have private pay, then it's mass health. And that's determined early on. That's determined either at the hospital level where you start applying for Mass Health, or at the nurse at the nursing home level, which it happens most of the time, is that it looks like mom and dad aren't going to be able to go home, so they got to stay long term. What does your financial situation look like? You don't have much. Yeah. Your assets have to be less than two thousand dollars in order to get on Mass Health. But if you, we always tell people, if you have twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars in assets left, and you're going to be long term in a nursing home, apply for Mass Health now. Yeah, because Mass Health takes about four. To six months yeah. once you send in the application, yeah. and God forbid, and assuming they don't lose the application or it can't be found, yeah. then about four to six months later, you'll get, you'll be able to get Mass Health in okay. place, and Mass Health will yeah. pay for the long term care. And what they do is Mass Health will pay the difference between whatever your Social Security money is or whatever your income is. Got it. So if you have Social Security retirement fund, that will all go to the nursing facility. Less of $72 or $74 a month that you get to keep because you're long-term care. You don't need to have any expenses. And MassHealth will kick in and pay the rest. And that's how 70 75% of people that live in long-term care facilities, that's how they get paid. And that's not the preferred route to travel, but it's just... It's it, not the it preferred, is. but it's yeah. the most common. Yeah. It it's is. the most common route, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. So how about facility? Okay, so what's the difference in the facilities? I know that may be a loaded question, but... You know, do people on Medicaid, you don't accept them because... You we, don't have a, we don't have an agreement, you don't yeah, have mass, an agreement uh, federal or... Yeah. Okay, dare I ask you about the quality of care in public yeah, versus private? It's, I, I don't see it's any different. Facilities, the, the particular line staff, they yeah. don't know. If there's, two, if there's two residents living in a room, yeah. one could be short-term rehab, one could be long-term, or they could be both long-term... The staff don't know yeah. what they're paying. Got it. And nor should they. It yeah. doesn't matter. Got it. It doesn't matter whether Good. they're Medicare, Medicaid, private. They shouldn't be any special level. Okay. Now, the only distinguish that, the, that you may have is if you have a private room. Now, if you have a private room and you're a private pay, and a facility's fortunate enough to have a single room instead of double rooms, yeah. and you can get in a single room and you want to pay more for that, yeah. okay, great. Sure. And you could do that. Okay. But that's very rare that you actually see that. Yeah. But okay. most people are not, they don't know what, what the payment source is. Yeah. Okay. No should that matter. Okay, got it. Okay. What, anything else on that particular subject? No, I think I, the other thing I want to say about, about the nursing facilities, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, there used to be in Massachusetts close to 500 of them. But over the years, because of payment through Mass Health, several have had a... Let's see, demand is going up and supply is going down. Yeah. yeah. Yes and no, a lot of it has to do with what the state was paying. So the state of Massachusetts was paying, so let's say they were underfunding costs. So you get paid bond costs. Yeah. Massachusetts is underpaying by almost $40 a day. So if you have 75% of your residents that are mass health you and you're under cost you and you're not making any money. And you, you not, yeah. not only are you not making money, you're yeah. losing money yeah. and you have to try to make it up through the private pay and the Medicare side of it or the health insurance side of it. I see. That's okay. how you try to make it up. Okay. But as the costs go, as you're losing that cost, it went from $15 to $20 to $30. Mm-hmm. And we were up to almost $40 a day under, under costs what the actual costs were in long-term care up till before COVID then after COVID. Now we're in a little better situation. Still, it's still not great because what the state does is they look back a few years. They base your cost on 10 years ago or they base your cost on 15 years ago, right? Uh, Now they're looking back. They're basing on the last two or three, two or three years ago now. So that's changed somewhat. But because of all that, 
we lost a lot of nursing homes in the industry. Yeah. And some were good nursing homes. Some had to close. Let's, let's just be honest, some had to close. But some had closed because they just couldn't afford it anymore. And if you're looking for a... If you are someone, this is the hardest, this is the hardest client I, that I ever get to state. They say, look at it, mom and dad are at home, they've had home care, but they have to go to long-term care. They can't make it anymore. A lot of it's sometimes memory care. Where do you suggest we go? I, you know what I tell them? The hospital. If you can get them in the hospital and get them admitted <coughs> for three midnights, yeah. it's easier to get into a nursing home that way. Yeah, okay. Because nursing homes, because of the underfunding yeah. for MassHealth, yeah. and if you're just MassHealth, they're not going to, nursing homes aren't going to really take somebody that's, yeah. that's low income. Yeah. The average cost per day, the average payment per day for a nursing home through MassHealth is $250. Yeah. Nursing homes, the average pay for a Medicare patient in a nursing home is around $650, $700 a day. Oh. And then the average pay for a private pay is $450, $500 a day. So you pick and choose. If uh, you had a choice between taking a Medicare or a private pay, yeah. or you had somebody calling for home, I need my yeah. mom or dad, yeah. that's the financial ramifications. Sure. I don't, yeah. I'm not saying that's no. the right thing to do. I, I understand, yeah. But that's yeah. the financial ramifications yeah. of that. Yeah. And they say to me, I have to admit them to the hospital in order to get into a place? Yeah. I said, yeah, you can try going to these places as we talked but about. Go visit these places, yeah. see what they have. And once they hear you're mass health yeah. only, it makes yeah. it that much harder to so get in. So if you're a public pay nursing facility. Which 97% of them are. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Can I say that they need some private pay or Medicare pay to, to survive the mixture? You can't have 100% Medicaid patients. That's in correct. You, you, can't, can't, make you can't make it. You can't make it. Yeah. You okay. cannot make it. Okay. And that's what's happening. So I could say that differently and yeah. say that Medicare and private pay patients are basically subsidizing some of the costs exactly. for other people. Exactly. I, you don't yeah. have to say that, but I no, can. Exactly. That's no, exactly. That's how the math works. But in, in reality, though, if you're all 100% Medicaid, well, why is that? Well, could, why yeah. aren't you able to attract some of the Medicaid well, people from the hospital? Good question. Why aren't you able to attract yeah. the... And that goes back to the piece we talked about earlier, that yeah. if, if you take care of your employees who take care of your residents, yeah. then the financial part will yeah, come you because you'll have about, the reputation yeah, you that people want to come to you. Exactly. It sounds so stupid to say that if you were 100% Medicaid-supported, you, you couldn't be in business. Yeah. In, uh, unless or, you're, or you, in, you could be a yeah. pretty miserable business yeah. in terms of your client. Unless you're a specialty. Like, yeah. there, there's a home in Boston that specializes in MS. Right. Okay. Unless okay. you specialize. Cause, but uh, you'll, get a, you'll get a higher rate because you specialize yeah, there that. there you go. Sub substance abuse now. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of that. You get, a, you get a greater rate if you're yeah. taking care of people that have yeah. substance abuse. Yeah. So there's specialty categories, memory care. Yeah. There's specialty categories. You'll get paid more for that. And if that's the case, then that's great if that's what you want to specialize in. Yeah. Or some wow. places will have a unit that specializes in memory care or substance abuse or MS or something like that. Yeah. Okay. If they do that and they get a higher rate, that's great. But you really need that whole mix in yeah, order to yeah, make it. To, to make it work. Yeah. Or said it differently, the government isn't paying the fair share. But by the way, they shouldn't be expected to, from my right. point of view. So it, right. it depends on how you want to look. Boy, right. put up about moral and ethical dilemmas here in reality. It, it really is. And, really? and by regulations, yeah. it, it's not legal for a nursing facility to actually to, to do that. talk about that, yeah. They can't deny somebody for payment. Oh, okay. They can't deny somebody for a payment. But we'll close you down after you lose money, basically. <laughs> yeah, but they learn ways around that. They learn ways around that. But probably aren't better for the patients, yeah. basically. Yeah. But it's one of those things that needs to be changed because you just can't be letting people, hey, go to the hospital, get three midnights, then you could be admitted to a facility, then they can get Medicare for two or three weeks or whatever. And then the facility, and there's a regulation on this side, so you no. can't really kick the person out either. So let's fill up the hospitals then, right? Yeah. 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 Whoa. That doesn't make sense. Whoa. There was a time during COVID where that three-day... Three 
the three night midnight thing yeah. didn't happen. That was waived during COVID, which is wonderful uh, because then people could go right into nursing facilities and the nursing facilities would get paid the Medicare rate for that. Whoa. And it's almost something that we need to really look at to probably doing anyways. Wow. Matt, there's something that it's always interesting. I don't think a lot of people realize for the state's entire budget. Do you know what it is coming up? The Medicaid Mass Health program percentage. Yeah, it's. Uh, I want to say Mass Health is about twenty. No, I think it's almost twenty-five, thirty percent of the entire budget. Whoa. Is Mass Health, the state budget. Whoa. The state budget is fifty billion dollars. Yeah, and it's not enough. <laughs> and it's still not enough. Yeah. No, it's still not. Whoa. Enough. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, we've done better. We've done yeah. better with during COVID and yeah. with the opera money yeah. that we've been able to utilize and utilize in smart ways. And yeah. and during COVID, it really sh- shed a light. On nursing care, the soldier's home where a lot of the nursing home residents passed away. There was over 70 or 80 of them that passed away. It shed a light on long-term care. And what it really shed a light on is that something I've known as the only licensed administrator to be a state legislator knows is that we've been underfunding the facilities for decades. And that came to light. So now they're being funded at a level that's more acceptable and more manageable. Still not sufficient. Still not sufficient, but it's much better than what it was. And And we realized it was cost that was causing the problem. Yeah. And for the folks listening, if you weren't here the last hour, you can't depend on the government to do this for you, folks. We don't have any, you know, Paying for long-term care is not a right in the in this country, yeah. and you're dreaming if you think it's going to be covered by Medicare for all. It, it, f- folks. You need to get real and deal with all this yeah. stuff way ahead of the time before yeah. a crisis comes. Medicare is great for hospitals, yeah. nursing homes a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, yeah, yeah. You have to have other other insurance or some private pay. Yeah, the, the big distinction that people still don't get is. If it's medical, Medicare will cover it. But if it ain't medical, it's custodial and helpful. That's a whole different ballgame. A little bit, yeah. And yeah, you yeah. don't want Medicaid to cover it. If you, that, that's not a choice. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But again, Medicaid will cover in the in the nursing yeah, facility yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's it, it, and you have to show progression that you're getting yeah, better. Yeah, you don't want to choose that, folks. Yeah, uh, no, yeah, you don't want to yeah, choose that. Yeah. Because, but one of the things we we haven't talked about, I want to touch upon a little bit, is hospice. Okay. Hospice is part of that continuing care. It's part of life. Yep. And it's the end of life hospice. Yep. And a lot of people don't want to don't want to talk about that, but that needs to be part of the planning as well. Okay. When they sit down with financial planners, yep. elder law attorneys, they need to talk about the hospice as well. When would you like to have hospice in? Now, there are some regulations around hospice. You have to have basically six months to live in order to have that. That's subjective sometimes. It's yeah. hard to tell that. Sure. Uh, but I think a lot of times what happens is, and what we see is that hospice is brought in a little bit towards the very end, last few days, last okay. week or so. Yeah. It'd be nice to bring that in a little bit earlier because you can have hospice in the home. You can have hospice in the assisted living. You can have a hospice in the nursing facility as well. Yeah. But it, it adds that extra layer of not only care, but other services that help not only that the patient or the resident that's going through it, but also the family members as and, well. And they're fairly well-funded, is that correct? The hospital? Uh, they're funded through through federal, a little bit of the state, but they, some of that can be private as well. But yeah, the okay. funding is... It's not like you have to pay separately yeah. for that. Okay. If you're a sniff, the, it, it's worked out with, with the... If you're Medicaid in, in yeah. the long-term care facility, yeah. if you're Medicaid and you need hospice, then it's worked out among them with the mass health, how it's paid. <clears throat> okay. So it's no more money coming out of yeah. they come out of your pocket. But a lot of times people they don't understand that, but when you explain it to them, they're like, well, I don't think we're ready to let go yet and yeah. have somebody go on hospice. They don't yeah. want to hear Could that. Could you explain again why you think they should come in earlier than they have? Because there are so much services. They have, I know they have like another social worker that will come in. They'll have a, a clergy that can come in and talk to them. Yeah. There's just so much more. They could sit with them. They can have more of staff, of their own staff, hospice staff, yeah. they'll come in. Yeah. Not give the care, but sit with the person. Maybe play cards with them. 
read to them, talk with them, just that more one-on-one sort of care yeah, to get, okay. make them more comfortable. What it does, too, is it brings a lot of the medical care to that person's home, whether that home is a house, whether it's an assisted living, whether it's in a nursing home. You get your medications brought to you. You're not going out to appointments. You have that whole piece comes back to the person's home, and it makes it a lot more streamlined and easier to provide care. And I think that's one thing we see in, on the home care side, that it's it, that word hospice has a lot of negative connotation to it, but it really is a tremendous benefit that everyone can have access to if they qualify. It just takes a lot of the pressure off the care for that person. And it's not something that you have to wait till your very last breath and then exhale yeah. and call hospice. <clears throat> yeah. Sooner yeah. the better, and it's a lot of great hospice companies in our area too that can help answer those questions just like any of these yeah, yeah and, and there are a couple of just hospice homes too yeah. there are small places that have maybe 10 15 20 beds to them there's one in norwell the closest one here is in norwell and they're fabulous to have those type of places and i think we need more of them to be able to develop more of those yeah so yeah. people if they can't stay at home at least they have a home the place to go to that's like a home yeah, for them I, and get the care been, and services been through that personally and you can home. have nothing but support with those people. yeah Believe yeah me. absolutely yeah. all right so listen you guys have about two or three minutes to do some commercials for your businesses and yourselves because you sound like pretty nice people so where do you want to start okay <laughs> That's how we got it, living? <laughs> yeah, sure. No, and, and, and by the way, thanks for inviting us on. My pleasure. T- take some time. Morning. You guys you know, trying to do a good thing for a bunch of people. So take your time, give out a phone number, and tell people why they should give you a call or talk to you. Or give them some advice, whatever you think. Yeah, I think the advice that kind of goes on the thread of this whole entire show today is that if you're not sure about what the next steps are, there's a lot of helpful people out there that can help guide you, point you in the right direction. And our agency is Guided Living Senior Home Care. We have our office in Plymouth, cover the South Shore, we cover Cape Cod. And if you don't quite know what the next steps are for in-home care, you can call us. It's 508-927-1213. And someone from our local team is going to help point you in the right direction. It might point to someone like Suzanne from earlier, who's a care manager, but probably not her because she's in a different area. But there's other folks that we work with. It might be someone like a council on aging. It might be someone like an elder law attorney or a financial planner. We all have each other's back in the continuum of care to help that family get in the right, right, the right way for their planning. And then sometimes the home care is a piece of it. And that's something that we feel really good about that level of care that we provide. It's a local company, local people. We see our clients and the families in the supermarket. It's this type of thing where we take a lot of pride that we want to do the right thing by our clients and their families. And I'm just really proud of our team and the caregivers and what we've been able to do in the last few years through some really different times. Yeah, miserable. <laughs> yeah, through COVID, everything. Yeah. It, it changed how we had to take care of folks in the home. Yeah. And I'm just really proud of our team And yeah, again, it's Guided Living Senior Home Care. GuidedLivingCare.com is the website. And that'd be our honor to help you all out through your really difficult time if if we can do that for you. Thank you, Patrick. Your turn, Matt. Yeah, and on the the short-term or long-term living in a facility, it's EFSeniorCare.com. It's a great website. Patrick is also our IT person and has created the website and has done a great job of that. And the number to get a hold of us if you need anything is 617-702-2644. And we actually have close to two dozen employees that are part of a consulting firm. And if we can't answer it for you, we'll find somebody that can answer it for you and help you and guide you through that. But always keep in mind that your first start, if you're not in a hospital, is contact your senior center, as we just said, or contact your ASAP in this area, Old Colony Elder Services, as a start, and they can help you out. Cool. 
Just about perfectly timed. I'll close by saying as a certified financial planner, folks, you need to worry about this stuff a whole lot earlier than most people do. And my, my final comment is when it comes to these things, you need to take care of yourself. Depend on the government for that. Sayonara. And again, gentlemen, thank you for being here. Thanks we'll for having us. We'll do this again sometime. Pleasure. Thank, you, thank you. Thank you.